Right, so as I said, you know, I am going to be doing, doing a preach on fellowship. Um, and uh, not knowing quite how much time I had to, to speak this morning, I've just prepared a, a fairly short thing. So you might even get your coffee early. We'll see how it goes. Uh, <laughs> um, I had two, just two verses, really, that um, I want to look at. And it was quite funny in the first service because um, one of the hosts, um, Joe Bungay, was here then. And she just got up during the worship and basically read out one of them for me. So I'm like, yay, that's good. That's one list. list. But what I'm really talking about this morning is what it means to be a community, what it means to to be a a body. In a a very kind of basic way, I just want to do a little sort of Bible study on it, really. And um, in 1 Corinthians 12, it says this, Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slaves or free. And we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. So it's one body made up of many individual parts. And, you know, we know that. We've heard that preached many times, haven't we, about being the body of Christ. And then I want to look at um, Ephesians 4.16. So again, if we can get the Ephesians verse up, that is just one verse. And that's the verse I want to look at in a bit more detail, because it says this. It says, from him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. And that Ephesians um, verse, it really describes the whole body and every member of it as the, in the way that we are joined together. And it, it says something about our purpose as well. Right at the beginning of the verse, it says, from him, the whole body. And it's really important that we, we kind of pay attention to that because the from him is Jesus. And it's from him that the whole body um, is, um, is formed and joined together. And that means, if you like, he is the kind of... The, the kind of um, the kind of starting point for, for everything that fellowship means, everything that being part of the body of Christ means. Because fellowship is not a passive thing. It's an active thing. And if we think that fellowship is just about having a little chat with one another every so often, you know, over a cup of coffee on a Sunday morning or saying, you know, hi, how you're going, that, that's not what fellowship is. It's an active thing because it is, it's not only about um, our kind of unity of heart in him, which the Bible talks about. It's also about our kind of actions together, about how we play our part in building his body and how, as we do that, we actually partner with him in um, bringing about his plans and purposes, his will on the earth. And the whole body, so that is everyone, isn't it? Every single member. So if you're a Christian, you're a member of the body of Christ, and this applies to you. It says that every member is joined and held together. And that word joined is a really interesting word because there's lots of ways you can, you can join things together. But this word, it's the same kind of sense as if you were building a house... And you had to kind of join rafters together or, I mean, I'm not a builder or anything else. But if you're a builder or carpenter here, you'll know what I mean. You have to keep, make sure that all the joins are really good. They have to be measured properly. They have to be fitted together properly. And, you know, when someone, uh, if we have an architect who, who designs a, a house, he knows how things fit together as he kind of draws those plans up. 
And I, I'm, um, I sometimes watch um, Grand Designs on television. Do, do you know Grand Designs? Yeah? Um, well, Stuart, my husband, loves Grand Designs. I think he just loved to build his own house, really. Um, in fact, we used to have a guy here, Bill, who was part of the school, and he is at the moment building his own house, and sort of updates come on Facebook, you know. But I'm sure Bill has found that if you get the measurements wrong, if you do it a bit kind of, then you end up with two, two things that do not fit together very well. And in grand designs, very often people build the most amazing things, and uh, and sometimes you wonder why they're building them. But anyway, um, but in that you'll find that they'll have decided that they've got some great curved piece of metal, and all the glass has got to fit into it or something, and it's millimeters. And you know, if if it's and it's kind of they make it exciting because you know the crane comes with these great big bits of metal, and it's like, is it going to fit? And sometimes you know, there's the builders they're kind of bashing it with a hammer because it's just a little fraction out. So the idea is that it's actually being carefully and accurately fitted together. That's what it means to be joined. And then it says, not only are we joined, but we're held together. You see, we have things in common, but we're also held in common. So if you just have things in common, it's a bit like, well, I can be an individual and I can say, oh, you know, David there, we've got, um, we've got a love of the word in common, you know, love of reading in common, something like that. Um, and, and that's one thing. But to be held in common has a much stronger sense to it. And um, if you look at, um, if you look at that, that word, what it, it really means is that you are, um, how can I put it? When we're, in, when we're in Christ, it's like, I'm still me, and you're still you, but we are also we. And it's not like, well, I just choose to be we sometimes. I am we, because I am in the, in the body of Christ. You know, I'm joined with him, and I'm joined with my brothers and sisters in Christ. And the thing about being held together... Is this word held together? It has the sense of something that lasts. You see, you can hold things together in lots of ways, can't you? You know, you, you might be wrapping up presents at Christmas and you kind of hold the paper together by putting a bit of sellotape on it. Well, that doesn't last very long because as soon as you give the present to somebody, they're kind of ripping off the paper to see what's inside. So it's not going to stay joined together for very long. And then sometimes, you know, we, um, I don't know, something breaks and we think, oh, I'll stick it together with a bit of glue. Now, if you've got some super glue, it'll probably last quite well. But my husband had the um, bright idea uh, a little while ago. We had a very heavy picture. But unfortunately, the wall we wanted to put it on had a lot of um, uh, wires and things going up it. And he wasn't terribly confident about sticking a nail in the wall in case he electrocuted himself or, you know, blew the electrics or whatever. And so he discovered these super strong, at least that's what they said, sticky hook things that you can just stick directly onto the wall and then you can put the picture on the hooks okay that's a great idea he thinks puts up the sticky hooks on the wall puts the picture up and we're all like yeah that looks really good except that a few weeks later it fell off the wall taking all the paint with it so now he's got a painting job to do as well as trying to work out how to put the picture back. But the point being is, you know, we can join things together. We're not always sure quite how long they're going to stay joined together. But this held together that you read here, it has the sense of being knit together. So it's like you take something and you so intertwine it, it's so tightly joined together that actually you can't tell where one bit ends and another bit begins. And if something's knit together like that, it is really, really difficult to pull it apart. And so if you're held together in that way, 
then we start to understand how when the Bible talks about when one person's um, in, you know, suffering or in pain, we all feel it, the whole body feels it. And if one person is re- in the body is rejoicing, then we can all rejoice. Because we are so tightly joined that we should be able to do that. We should be able to weep with those who weep and we should be able to rejoice with those who rejoice. Um, I used the example earlier, I'm not sure it's a great one, but if you took uh, you know, a sweater and you sort of knitted it together and then you kind of um, spilt something on it, you know, some coffee or something, the bit where it, obviously the coffee was spilt would be kind of had the deepest stain and perhaps the most damage, but actually it would spread, wouldn't it, up through the sweater and quite a large area of that would be covered in the coffee and you, oh gosh, look at that. The whole sort of sweater is now suffering, if you like, or, or damaged because of that bit of coffee. And that's the same with us. But I don't want to just emphasize. You know, sometimes we, we, we do emphasize that when someone's suffering. And although that's important that we do feel for one another, equally, we should be rejoicing together. You know, if somebody has some good news, if it's something you would really like, but you haven't got, it can be hard to rejoice with someone. If you need a job and the person sitting next to you has got one and you haven't, Yay, you've got a job. <laughs> but actually what I should do is spur us on to think, yes, God, you've blessed that person. So now that's right, you know, raising my faith that you can bless me as well. And we rejoice together as we do that. So the next little bit of this verse, it says that this whole body joined and held together, how? By every supporting ligament. Now, I didn't really understand that um, quite well. I mean, so I'm thinking, okay, well, I know that, you know, um, it's from Christ. We've got that at the beginning. And I know that we're the kind of body joined and held together. Well, what are these supporting ligaments then? When I actually went back and I looked at the Greek in this, it's not a terribly good translation. Uh, someone told me after this morning, actually, that in the New Living, which is not one I tend to think was a great translation, but it is actually quite good. So if you want to go home and look up the New Living version of this verse, you'll, you'll get it. But... I wanted to just try and translate it um, more literally, uh, which sometimes it, you know, it helps us to work out what it's talking about. So if I was to say it literally, what this verse would say is this, from whom the whole body being fitted and held together by what every joint supplies, according to the proper working of each individual part, causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. Now, what that means is rather than having supporting ligaments, if you had um, a joint, if a joint is really, you know, if you haven't got arthritis, if it's, you know, a kind of good joint that's working well, so like my elbow joint, right, that works very well when I, I do that, doesn't it? And um, as I, but, but it's not like there's something, I'm mean, sorry to the medics, because I know it's not perhaps a perfect illustration, but it's not like there's this bit of my arm and there's that bit of my arm and then somebody goes, there's this magic thing in the middle. It's actually the way it fits together. It's how this bottom part of my arm fits to that top part of my arm makes the joint. And as I work it properly, then um, you know, I'm able to pick something up or you know, wave at you or whatever. Am I making sense? Yeah? All right. So actually, when it talks about what every joint supplies, it's talking about you and me. It's we are, if you like, the supporting ligaments as we play our part in the church, as we do what God has given us to do. And the, um, the effect of that, the effect of us working properly and doing you know, our individual part, is that the body grows. 
And that we're not just talking here about church growth. We're not just saying, well, we're nearly 900 today and we might be 2,000 in a year's time. No, it's not, it's not really that kind. I mean, it might, it might happen that way, but that's not the kind of growth we're talking about. This is the kind of growth which means that, that the church is building itself up in love. And that means not that we just sort of say, oh, um, well, we'll just be kind of nice and loving to one another. No, it's not that. What it means is that as we do our part, it has the effect of building love in the church. And so you and I, as we play our part, will learn to love more. Love God. When I preach in five weeks' time, we're talking about what it means to have fellowship with the Holy Spirit. So, you know, we love God and our love for God grows. Our love for other people grow. And the church itself begins to look more like um, the church that Jesus always intended it to be. Love becomes the defining characteristic of the church. We live out his purpose um, for us to love him and to love others as we do that. And you know that loving each other, Jesus said in, in Matthew 22, was the greatest commandment. It's part of our purpose to love and to be loved and to um, show the love of Christ to one another, but also to the world outside. Because in the world outside, what you, um, and, and again, I'm making a generalization here. There's lots of lovely people out there, so don't misunderstand me. But actually, it's very much about, um, for me to succeed then you need to be put down. Does that make sense? So whether it's at work, or I don't have to be honest. I, can, I just do what I want to do to try and get myself in the best place. And we live in a very individualistic society, and that in many ways is encouraged. But it shouldn't be like that in the church. You see, God has put into his body everything that we need in order for each one of us to play our part and for the body to be built up and to grow in love and to be that kind of beacon of you know, hope and that representation of Christ for the houses over there and for Gravesend and for um, the nation and for the areas that you live and work in. And so he's given us apostles and prophets and pastors and teachers and evangelists. Now, the fivefold ministries that we talk about, they are something that is like part, God's put them into the body in order for the body to be able to do its, its work. So no one is more important than anyone else in the body of Christ. Just because you're an apostle or a prophet or you stand up here with a microphone it doesn't make you any more valuable or any less valuable than anyone else in 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 the church family because we are brothers and sisters in him we are one family and when he looks at us that's what he sees neither greek nor um jew nor slave nor free male female we are all his his children and if the body is going to grow and if it is going to be built up in love and if we are going to impact the world out there, then we have to play our part. Without that, you know, it's, it, doesn't, it doesn't work as well as it's meant to. I haven't got Jo here. She was a great illustration this morning, Jo Bungay, because she was wearing a, an amazing sweatshirt. And um, I should have said, can I have your sweatshirt? But anyway, it, it was a huge heart that it wasn't made up. It wasn't drawn on or anything. It was just made up with lots and lots of little sparkly sort of diamondy things. So um, there were no lines. It just was put into that shape. And when you looked at it, the, each individual little sparkly bit 
and was an individual little sparkly bit. But altogether, it made up this beautiful heart. And that's true of us. I am, you know, I do my best, but I am never going to look like that enormous, beautiful heart on my own. I need you guys and you need me for us to do that. If somebody had taken one or two or three of those little sparkly bits out, it would have still looked like a heart. But, you know, you really would have noticed that they weren't there. And sometimes, you know, we feel, well, who am I, you know, that I kind of have any great part to play? What, what use am I? We, we often think things like that, don't we? And we look at sometimes other people, we see what they're doing, we say, oh, you know, that's just amazing, those worship guys. You know, Helen on her guitar over there, oh, I could just never do that. Oh, you know, she's just so amazing. Or, oh, when Pete's standing up here and preaching, gosh, you know, he can do that. And we, we kind of compare ourselves. We were never meant to do that. Because Helen and her guitar, leading people in worship, sorry to pick on you, Helen, it, you know, it's not going to be any good. It's not going to be much use if none of you are there, kind of worshipping God and, and, you know, coming into his presence. And there's no point in Pete standing up and kind of preaching, you know, if there's kind of one or two of you asleep in a corner somewhere. No, we all have a part to play. But part of that is finding out, you know, in God, who am I? What's my identity in you? And what are the plans and purposes that you have for me? Because he said that, didn't he? He said that, you know, he's already prepared every one of us as his children have had things prepared for us to do. And if God prepares us for things to do, then he gives us the means to do that. I'm not on my notes anymore. I've just kind of gone completely off track. But I I feel so passionately about this. And it's it's easy for us to kind of fall into this kind of individualistic way of looking at it because that's what the world is like out there. But we should be looking to kind of love and and support each other. You won't know everyone here, nor will I, but you'll know quite a few people here. And I want to just... um, We're going to have the notices in a minute um, um, because actually... um, they accidentally got put at the end in the first service, but it fitted so well, I asked them if they could do it again this time. Because actually there are some opportunities to, to play a part if you, if you want to. But I want to ask you a question. I want you just to go away and think about it. And as I said, we'll kind of look at fellowship in much more detail in five weeks' time. But ask God, you know, what part can I play? What have you given me that I can do my part in growing this house and in bringing more love into this house and then impacting the kind of world around. And if you go to another church, well, just apply it to your own church because it doesn't matter which, which house we're in. It's all part of his family. What part can I play in this house?